0: Have you ever asked yourself this question, why am I doing this? Do you ever ask yourself that? Or maybe you may ratchet up a few notches, and you might say it this way, why in the world am I doing this? You know, you get kind of thinking about, man, why am I doing this, and how did I get myself into this position, and, and am I going to be able to live to tell about this situation, where you get to the point where you think, man, I don't even know why I am doing what I'm doing. A year ago, uh, right after Easter, so almost a year ago, um, I went mountain biking up in uh, uh, Mount Wilson. That's up over there by Wrightwood. And uh, there was still some snow up on on the trails up there and and uh, the guy that was our guide, he said, okay, on the south side of the mountain, don't worry about it, the sun's gonna be hitting that. There'll be no snow up there and it'll be all melted away. It'll probably be real tacky, the dirt, and, and uh, it'd be perfect for you know, your downhilling. And uh, so we're kind of grunting up the climb. It's about about 3,000 feet of climb that we are going up. And, and it, was, you know, it was cold when we started, but we're shedding off our clothes because it was getting hot, we're sweating. And then all of a sudden we started hitting some, some snow. And uh, growing up in Chicago, and, and, and I rode my bike on snow before, and I remember when I was a teenager, I didn't have my license yet, but I had a girlfriend, and, and uh, so I used to ride my bike in the wintertime over to her house. and. On the snow and, and the ice, that never stopped me or, you know, got me derailed. Uh, you know, I, honey, I can't come over because it's snowing. No, I mean, I rode my bike on, and it was one of those 10 speeds. Remember those, you know, the Swin with, uh, with the banana seat and the sissy bar? And uh, we were cool, you know? And I, and I rode that over there, and, and at the, when I would leave, she would put Vaseline on my lips. so I wouldn't get chapped lips. I don't know why, but she used to do that because uh, we couldn't kiss then, um, <laughs> yeah, back to the Bible, right, okay. And back to the other uh, mountain biking experience. And so we're going through it, and it was a lot of fun, you know, hitting some snow and riding our bikes through the snow. I thought, you know, this is pretty cool. Now, at that time, we were more on like what they call a fire road. So a fire road is probably about maybe three to maybe six feet wide. And uh, so, you know, nothing dangerous. You know, even though there's a cliff there, man, you got six feet, uh, you know, to move around on your bike on. And so we get to this point, it was a resting point. It's a point where we would pull out our peanut butter and jelly sandwich and kind of eat it and kind of refuel for the downhill. The downhill is about a 10-mile downhill uh, ride. And so we started on the south side of the mountain. Now, this is single track now. Single track is probably as as wide as that step right there. And downhill, and so we're going on that. And as soon as we came around the south side of the mountain, it was snow. Now, that didn't bother me too much, okay, but on this single track, on this side of the single track, you had probably about a 400-foot drop. And on this side, you have a mountain. So you had about 12 to maybe 16 inches to ride your bike on snow and ice, downhill. It was at that time I said, why in the world am I doing this? <laughs> and I'm thinking, I'm not gonna get down to the bottom of this. I didn't, honestly, I didn't think I was going. You, you couldn't carry your bike, because you, you, the way you carry your bike, you put it on your shoulders and you walk, and you can't do it because the mountain's there. And you can't push it because you got the snow. It was incredible, I, I, I was scared to death. And I'm thinking, what in the world am I doing? And you want to know something, a lot of times we'll get in our, our, our situation in life and we'll ask ourselves that question, what in the world am I doing? I, I think of this question this morning. If I were to ask you, during Jesus Christ's ministry, who were some of his prominent leaders? Who would you say? I guess who would you say? If you had to pick two in his earthly ministry, who would be the, those that kind of rose to the top? Who would come to your mind? Peter and John. Peter and John. How many would say, you know, that's who I thought? That's what you, you were thinking. That's what I thought. I thought, you know, Peter and John. You know, I thought, you know, you know I noticed Peter, James, and John, but it, it just seemed like Peter and John kind of rose to the top, and, and boy, they were the, kind of like the leaders, maybe the trendsetters we might say today. And, 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 and they were the ones that maybe the others kind of looked to, and maybe they were the ones that kind of maybe did, you know, a lot of the different ministries and had the leadership requirements, and, and God used them. We definitely know that later on. But do you realize during Jesus' earthly ministry and even after the crucifixion, they didn't fully understand everything? If you have your Bibles, if you would, I'm going to have you turn to Romans chapter 10, but for right now, turn to John chapter number 20. John chapter number 20, and this verse tells us really why we are doing what we're doing. You might think, why in the world are we doing this? This verse tells us, in John 20 and verse number nine, it says, for as yet they knew not the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Now in John chapter 20, this is referring to you know that resurrection Sunday, and they 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 you know Peter and John ran to the tomb, and John outran Peter, and and as he kind of peeked into the tomb, he realized that Christ wasn't there, and and all that was there was his his, you know his garment and the napkin was folded, and and he looked in there, and Peter just ran inside and was looking in and realized that Christ resurrected or his body was stolen. They fully did not understand what was going on on that Easter morning. Do you realize this morning that there's millions upon millions of people that have no idea what Easter is all about? They don't know. They simply do not know. People don't understand why Jesus came. People don't understand uh, what he's done for them. People don't understand how that could ratify and and, and radically change their own life. And I think sometimes you and I as believers, as Christ followers, we almost diminish what Christ has done. We belittle it in our minds and our hearts. It doesn't really have an impact in our lives in a way that it causes us to live differently. I think of 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 34, where the Bible says, Awake to righteousness and sin not. And some have not the knowledge of God. And Paul then writes, I speak this to your shame. Paul's saying, you know, some do not have the knowledge of God. And he said to these this church, he says, I speak this to your shame. I believe with all my heart that this valley needs to know about Jesus Christ. And I believe it's up to you and to me and this church to take the message of Christ to our community. But now, listen, not just to our community, but I believe we need to take it to our neighbors. I think we ought to take it to our coworkers. I I think we need to take it to those that that, uh, throughout our valley and and through our state and, and through our country and throughout our world. As we were in Asia, as we mingled and talked to some of our graduates that are serving on the other side of the world, to hear their passion and their desire of trying to get the message to those people. Listen, that's what our life is all about. As Dr. Gets says, who cares if you can shoot a basketball? Who cares if you can ride a mountain bike? Who cares if you can sing? Who cares if you do this or do that or play video games? Listen, it all boils down to this. Every person will spend eternity somewhere. Let's get it down where the rubber meets the road. The person next to you, the person in front of you, the person behind you, one day will spend eternity in heaven or in hell. The people that we come in contact with today, every single person that we'll see one day will spend eternity somewhere. Listen, we need to have a sense of ownership of that and say, you know, what can I do about that? What can I do something about that today, this morning? Not what, you know, not what Brother Getz could do or, or what so-and-so can do, but we need to say, what can I do to change someone else's eternity? And so all we can do is take the message of Christ to them. But how can we do that? How can we change this world with the, the life-changing message of Christ? Listen, we can't do it in our own wisdom and our own strength. We need God's help. I can't do it. You can't do it. I think we all admit we can't do it. We need God's grace working in our life. For That's why the Bible says in Philippians 2.13, for it is God which worketh in you both to will. That means he gives us the desire. Some of you might need a shot of his desire. Right now, you, you don't have that desire. Right now, you're sitting there and saying, brother, first all, do you realize it is 8.13 in the morning right now? What, what time in, did you get up this morning? How many cups of coffee did you have? Did you have a monster drink? What, what are you on? Because whatever you on, I need some of that. Because you're thinking, I don't have the desire. But it was amazing last night, as you were watching maybe Kentucky play Kansas State, or Kansas, whatever, one of those teams, or maybe it was Loyola, who they beat, Nevada, Nevada? they beat Nevada. I'm sure if you're watching one of those games, you had some energy. You had, you had that desire. You were cheering. You were into it. You were zoned in, and, and that game captivated you. And you were cheering. You were saying, yeah, what a shot! Man, did you see that steal? Did you see that slam dunk? And Man, you were all into it. Hey, listen. What we need is a spiritual grace that enables us, that gives us that desire of wanting to do his good pleasure. Well, I'm a little bit too cool for that. I'll go out there and knock on some doors and invite some people. But I don't really see the bigness of it. Let me ask you, I couldn't tell you who won the final four last year. I, 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 I cannot tell you who, I'm trying to think. I have no idea. I have no idea. But I could tell you the last person I led to Christ. I go, in my mind, I could go back to that house, sitting in that living room, over there in East Palmdale, And seeing how that 52-year-old man started to weep and cry as he accepted Christ as his Savior. I remember that. that. Yeah, I could go back even farther than that. I could go back all the way back to 1976. Some of you weren't even born yet. Some of you weren't even thought of yet. Probably all of you, okay? (laughs) All right, except Brother Getchenai and Brother Stensis. I see him back there. Listen, (laughs) here it is. I remember walking down that aisle... At that church in Burbank, Illinois, and shaking that pastor's hand and saying, I need to get saved. Amen. I remember going up into that little room and kneeling down in that folding chair and praying and accepting Christ as my Savior. I remember that. And I remember that first guy that led to Christ as I went out door knocking. His name was Steve. Lived in Bridgeview, Bridgeview, Illinois. I remember knocking on that door. I remember memorizing the whole plan of salvation. I had it all memorized. Got down to the last verse. For whosoever shall call upon the name, the Lord shall be saved. Honestly, Brother Getz, I thought I'd never lead somebody to Christ. Never thought of it. I had everything memorized up to that point. At that point, I knew I was supposed to ask Steve, would you like to claim this promise? He said yes. I had no idea what to do after that. No idea. It was just like a brain freeze. I looked at, my name's Jerry. My partner was Tom, Tom and Jerry. And I looked at Tom. I said, Tom, you got to take it over. And Tom stepped in and led Steve to Christ in the sinner's prayer. I remember that. I, could, I couldn't tell you who won that who won that final four last year. I could not tell you. Yeah, probably Coach Beeson probably could. But I have no idea. But here is what, what what we're about to do, listen, will have an impact on eternity. Now listen, that's I know that's hard for young people to grasp because you live in the moment. You live right now, like, what am I gonna do right now? What am I gonna do for lunch? And what am I gonna do after lunch? What am I gonna see my girlfriend today? I mean, that's where you live. But can I challenge you for a minute to try to see eternity? Try to see eternity. Now this morning, what we're gonna do, we're gonna, we're, you're in Romans, right? Look at Romans 10, verse number 13. This is the promise of salvation. If you. If you've taken my personal evangelism class, I tell you there's eight steps in leading somebody to Christ. Right? We break it down. Now, we, don't, we never say that. Well, let me share eight steps with you, how you can know for sure you're going to heaven. Now, we never say that. We don't want say three or four. We combine them. But we break it down real easy for you. So you grab it. And the last one is the promise. And the promise is found in this verse, Romans 10:13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is a powerful verse. It only contains 13 words. I love verses like that. And they're all words we all can pronounce. Amen to that. But the promise contained in this verse, listen, has an impact and can have an impact on eternity. Now this morning we're going to look at this verse and we're going to discover five transforming truths that can radically change our lives and change someone else's eternity. So let's kind of dive into this, okay? So we're going to look at these five truths. First of all, we see the scope of salvation. The scope. And it's found in that, those two words, for whosoever. The scope of salvation for whosoever. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 2 verse number 4, who will, get, who will have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of truth. The Bible says the Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness, but is suffering toward us that that, that any should, that, that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. I like to say this, we ought to go any time, at any place, and talk to any person. There it is. At any time. Listen, we don't have to go so many on Saturday morning from 10 o'clock in the morning to 12 noon. Listen, so many is at any time, at any place, with any person. We need to realize that. And we need to be captivated. Listen, even on Friday morning at 8.30, we'll get out of here. Or maybe 8.35. All right, we'll get out of here. And listen, at any time, at any place, with any person. We need to realize the scope of salvation. It was amazing. We went to, uh, went to Asia, went to the Philippines, Brother Getsman. On that Saturday, I'm sure you went out. We went out so many as different groups. And we went with Brother Nobles Church and, and um, was trying to talk to people. And it was, it was a little bit different. It was almost like you're, uh, every, everything was behind gates where we were at. The little community was a little bit more of a nicer area, I guess they would say, in the Philippines. And, um, and so everything was behind gates. And so we were kind of knocking on the gates and kind of rallying the gates and hoping that people would come out because they're about like, you know, eight feet tall. You can't really see over them. And um, now and I was walking down the street. and I saw this guy and, and I guess in the, in the Philippines, and some of you are Filipinos, you, you know, it's, you see them just kind of sitting around like this. All right? and, and he was sitting, he was, do, he was like this, and he, he was washing, uh, he was cleaning his, his motorcycle, He's he was sitting there like that. And so I kind of, you probably can. Can you do that? Would you? Would you could you on it? I was going to have Brother Rasmussen do this for us. And uh, so he, no, he's farther down. Farther down? <laughs> yeah. Way down. No, no, not like that. No, I, he was like this, man. All right. And so he, he's like that. And so I kind of, I started walking up to him, and I said, hi, my name is Jerry, and and I went, what's your name? And he says, Benjamin. Hey, Ben, how you doing? And then I thought, you know, I'm kind of, he's looking at me, and, and, he, and I'm not sure at all what this means. Some of you Philippines, are gonna, he started doing this to me. <laughs> I don't know if that means I'm cute, or, or hey, good looking. I have no idea what that means, but I think it means yes. Okay, is that right, Nick? Is that yes when, he, when they do that? Nick, does that mean yes? When they wait, lift their eyebrows? Okay. And so I said, how you doing? And so, so he's doing that. And and he's kind of looking at me. And I I felt like, you know, here's this big American kind of looking down on him. So I said, you know, I can't do that. So I kind of get down like that too. And so I'm talking to him like this. How's your knees? They're hurting, right? And about a minute into this, I was crying. I, it was like, it was hurting so bad. I I couldn't remember the Romans road. And I'm thinking, for God so loved, I don't know who God loves. (laughs) And I said, I said, Ben, wait wait a second, and I go like this, and I go like, and and then I start, and he, the whole time, I I witnessed the Benjamin for about 45 minutes, the whole time he was just like that, and I'll help (laughs) you (laughs) back (laughs) up, and and I'm thinking, the the great thing was this, I said, Ben, would you like to receive this promise, and he lifts his eyebrows up, and, and I looked at, you know, the Filipino that was with me, and he said, that means yes. And I said, okay, you know. And, and he, he got to say, listen, the gospel, listen, the scope of the gospel is for whosoever will. It's for anybody. Listen, we need to realize that, that, that the gospel is for every single person on planet Earth. Listen, as you as you travel throughout the day today, look at people this way. Jesus died for that person. Jesus died for that person. Jesus died for that person. Hey, that person's going to spend eternity some places, either heaven or hell. Je- Jesus died for you. I, I remember um, uh, Joe Boyd, and he's the one that drilled that into my head. He said this. He says, gentlemen, you, you, know, you, you remember, Brother Boyd. Gentlemen, I, I was like 16 years old, and I was I, I, was, I was really green behind my ears, and, and he'd come in with his evangelistic team, and, and he's challenged us on how to share the gospel. He said, now, gentlemen, now he was what, 6'7"? Six, 6'5". Six. Six, he was big. Booming voice, big, you know, big muscles like me, you know, just, you know, just <laughs> broad shoulders. You know. I mean, he was big. He said, now, oh, gentlemen, and, and tears start coming down his eyes now. God loves everything. You can't witness to the wrong person. As you drive to your area, realize this, that every single person you see will spend some place for all eternity, somewhere for, for all eternity. It's either going to be in heaven or hell. You guys realize that. And boy, that was 40-some years ago. still has an impact on my life. The scope of salvation for whosoever. Any person, at any place, at any time. But now we see the scope of salvation, but also we see the simplicity of salvation. The Bible says, for whosoever shall call. You know, that word call means to ask. You know, this morning I was having breakfast with my wife. I said, honey, can I have some of the, uh, you know, blackberry jelly? Seedless blackberry jelly. I just asked. She got it. Just asked. I mean, we, 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 all of us have asked for something from someone. We, we, probably a lot of you did that this morning. Hey, can I borrow some of your toothpaste? Hey, can I borrow your toothbrush? No. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've asked something, and, and that person gave it to you. They extended it to you. This morning before I left, I said, honey, give me a kiss, Woo! I got a kiss. The Bible says, ask and you shall receive. (laughs) I asked, oh man, and I received. Now listen, the Bible says, for whosoever shall call. There's the simplicity of salvation. All the person does need to do is to ask The Bible says that it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. In Acts chapter number 8, verse 37, Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe. Hey, listen, our part is easy. All we have to do is ask. Jesus did the hard part. Listen, the part that only he could do. The Bible tells us, who being in the form of God thought not robbery to be equal with God, but made of himself of no reputation and took upon the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. And being found in the fashion of man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Jesus did the hard part. But our part, all we have to do is ask. So we see the scope, we see the simplicity of salvation. But thirdly, we see the source of salvation. The source, call upon the name of the Lord. Call upon the name of the Lord. Our youngest granddaughter, Avonlea, she's three years old, and and, um, she loves coming over to our house. And we have a pantry that has uh, uh, snacks in it. But we have it high up so that, you know, the kids just can't get in there. So she'll come in and say, Papi, I want a snack. Papi, I want a snack. So I'll go over there and, and I'll open up the cabinet and reach in there and I'll pull out a snack and, and I'll give it to her. And she'll have that snack and then she'll come back to me and says, Poppy, I want a nurse snack. I want a nurse snack. It's okay, Heavenly. We'll go over there and open up that cabinet and reach in. See, she realizes that she is not the source of the snack. And she also realized, in her own ability, she cannot get the snack. But she does come to the one that could provide the snack for her. She comes to Poppy. Now, she doesn't go to Nani, because Nani says, well, you have to ask your mom. You gotta ask your daddy. But she comes to Poppy, and I don't care about mom or daddy. <laughs> you know, Hey, whatever you want, girl, you can have, as long as I get a kiss from you. And here's the source, listen, the source of salvation is Jesus Christ. I'm not sure if you ever witnessed to somebody and and that truth finally made sense to them and they realized that wasn't their effort, their achieving of acceptance into God by their performance, and the light comes on and they realize it's not them, but it's Jesus. And even grown men are moved by that truth, and just now the knowledge of that truth, and, and a tear will begin to form in their eye and, and even roll down their cheek. The source. Listen, don't get over the source of your salvation. Listen, don't, don't think you deserve it. And Don't think, well, God's blessed that he had. No, listen, think about what Jesus has done for you. And all of us are undeserving of that. Because we're all sinners. We all deserve a Christless hell. But he reached down to you and to me. And he snatched us, us, us out of that fiery hell. And he placed us upon that rock himself. And listen, because of that, man, we are saved. We are part of his family. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Neither is there salvation any other. For there's none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Listen, we see the scope of salvation. We see the simplicity of salvation. We see the source of our salvation. Number four, we see the security of our salvation. The Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Man, not maybe, not probably. I was waiting, I mean, it was, it was that's not when we were in the it was hot. I mean, it was humid and we were sweating. And we're kind of cranking down. And in other words, we're getting down to the end of our, our soul winning time. And I uh, noticed that there was a man outside of a, was an insurance uh, um, office. And, like, you know, like farmers or all state, you know, something like that. And I saw him, so I went across the street and I said, Hi, my name's Jerry. And I'm uh, inviting you to uh, Bethel Bethany Church and love to have you come visit. And here's a brochure. And, and I said, Oh, he said, Why don't you come in? And, um, so I said okay, and and uh, went inside. And as I was walking inside, I kind of looked at Brother Delaney. I don't know if you he passed over at Long Beach, First Baptist Church, of Long Beach. And I, I, I said, Hey, he's inviting us in. So he said, Is there air conditioning in there? I said, Yeah. He said, I'm coming. You know. And so he came in there, and and so we're sitting in there, and and I uh, started witnessing to this uh, to this um, husband and and uh, to his daughter, who was about 23, 24 years old, and started sharing the gospel with them. I got down to Romans 10, 13, and I asked him, I said, now, look what the Bible says. He says, for whosoever shall call. I said, I said, for whosoever, that's anybody, that's you. That's you and your daughter. I said, if you call, the Bible says you, what, might be saved? He said, no, it doesn't say that. I said, could be saved, and it doesn't say that. I said, hopefully be saved, uh, probably. He said, no, it says shall be. I said, what does that mean? He says, it's a done deal. He said, you're right. It's done. I said, you know what that word save means? I said, it means to be rescued. It means to be pardoned. I said, it means to be forgiven. Brother he looked at me and he said, I want that. I want that. Him and his daughter prayed there in the air conditioning office and accepted Christ as their Savior. They're secure. Their security comes from Christ. Now think about this morning. Simple verse. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We see the scope for whosoever. We see the simplicity. All we have to do is call. We, we, we see the, the source upon the name of the Lord. We see the security shall be saved. I want you to look down at verse number 14 now because we're going to look at the strategy for salvation. Look at verse 14. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Here's the strategy. It's for you and me to take the promise of salvation to every single person that we possibly can. Every single one of us in this room, if you're saved, if you received the truth, if you received it, have you received it? Yes, sir. Now, God wants you to share it. Have you received it? And God wants you to share it. Have you received it? Yes, sir. Are you sure, Jasmine? Yes, sir. Are you positive? 100%. God wants you to share it. Listen, every single one of you, if you receive this truth, this promise, God wants us to take this now to this world. Now, that's pretty big. So, we're going we're to bring it down where we can put handles on it. God wants you to take it to Palmdale. Uh, we're going to make it. God wants you to take it to East Palmdale. No, 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 no. God wants you to take it to Boxhorn. When you get your map this morning, God wants you to take that message to that street, to those homes, to those people. How shall they hear? How shall they call? I'll tell you how. When you and I go to them, Can I challenge each and every one of you? Let's go to somebody today. I know we're going to knock on doors and we're going to probably have a lot of people not home. I don't understand that. But we can leave a brochure on the door. And God could use that. And I believe God will use that. By all means, every week we have someone comes because someone left a track on their door. How'd you hear about church? Oh, I found a brochure on my door. Every week. But listen, as we go out, Let's each of us find somebody that we can talk to about Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but I want to find someone today that I can talk to. Brother guests, do you want to find somebody today? How many of you will say, Lord, please help me to find somebody to talk to? If that's your desire, let's stand together and let's find a spot to pray about that and commit that to the Lord. Father, I pray that you'd use us today to take the the promise of salvation to our community. Lord, please use us. May we never get over the thrill of knowing you as our Savior.